Hi everyone. Um, I wanted to give you another update on section 174 and making software development and other things the IRS considers research and development um, expensable again. Um, so I know it's a really chaotic time in American politics, though I feel like I probably could say that at any point um, in the last how many years, um, and that would be true. Um, but despite that, um, things are still happening um, and there are things we can do. Um, the most important thing is that the National Association of Manufacturers is bringing together a bunch of groups to sign on to one letter to Congress about this. Um, the deadline for that letter, um, I have been told, is November 1st. Um, you can just go to ssballiance.org for a link to that letter to sign it. Um, they are bringing together a bunch of smaller organizations. So there's us, there's um, a group of small biotech companies that sent a letter. There are uh, companies that receive you know, federal research um, and development grants who actually, they've been unable to take their grants because of these accounting rules, um, even to huge companies. So um, there's this, um, industry group called the R&D Coalition that has companies like, you know, Ford and Boeing um, that has been sending letters to Congress about this for several years. Um, so they're bringing all of us together under one roof to sign one letter as a sort of big push um, before the end of year budget negotiations. Um, you can sign this letter if your company is U.S. headquartered. So that means that you don't have to live in the U.S., or be a U.S. citizen in order to sign it. But if you have a U.S. headquartered company, um, then you can sign the letter. Um, I was not personally involved in, in drafting the letter. However, in reading it, um, it's very clear that they took um, inspiration in, in, in um, some parts um, from our letter, and they specifically talk about um, the impact on small business. Um, so before I get too much into this update, I want to just mention that please go sign that letter, ssballiance.org, and share it with every business owner you know. Um, this isn't just software people. As I mentioned, it's being organized by the National Association of Manufacturers. There's a lot of manufacturing companies that are impacted by this. Um, but almost every, any company imaginable um, actually is, is impacted by this. Um, so go sign that letter now and, and share it with everyone. Um, and do that even if you already signed the letter in the spring, but actually especially if you already signed the letter in the spring. Um, so the letter that we sent in April got almost 600 signatures um, from all 50 states, which is something I think we should feel incredibly proud of. Um, this letter, um, I am told as of Friday, and it's Monday um, as I'm saying this now, um, has over 900 signatures. Um, the goal hopefully is to get over a thousand or even more. Um, I feel like we're going to, we're going to get there, um, in the next week, um, ssballiance.org. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the situation. Um, because I think with all of the chaos going on in the house and the fact that this hasn't been fixed yet, some people are reaching out to me feeling a bit disillusioned and, one thing I want to note is, you know, since after we sent our letter, you know, various people have been reaching out to me and um, 
one thing I have heard is that without our involvement, there are people who don't think this would have even survived to this point. Um, I know there are many people who um, are very disillusioned, somewhat justifiably, about politics um, and say that, well, if the big companies and all of their money haven't solved this yet, then who are we to think, you know, us small businesses um, can do anything about this? Um, and I think we have to remember a political reality is that small businesses are sympathetic in politics in a way that big ones aren't. Sure, big companies make campaign contributions and, you know, most of us, you know, really can't do that. But big businesses are not sympathetic. They never have been. And especially big tech is not sympathetic at all on the Hill. Um, but by contrast, small businesses, small software businesses, small manufacturers, small biotechs, small defense companies, all of us are much, much, much more sympathetic on the Hill. Um, and also we have the ear of very important people um, who are involved in negotiating this um, to get it into the end of your budget deal. Um, for example, um, Senator Todd Young of Indiana, who is on the Senate Finance Committee, um, just a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, in a Senate Finance Committee session said, quote, unfortunately, the expiration of Section 174 has left many small businesses facing challenging decisions about the future of their company. Some of these employers are now unable to make payroll and are looking at closing their doors as a result of Congress's failure to act. We're talking about people losing their jobs because businesses are no longer able to expense their R&D costs. So that was Senator Young um, of Indiana. He has been a huge advocate for us, um, and as well as 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 the um, the the original bills in Congress, um, continuing to get co-sponsors. Um, I'm actually you can probably hear me typing in the background because I'm actually looking up the bills as we speak. <laughs> um, so in the Senate. Um, the original bill now has 40 co-sponsors. Um, in the House, the bill has 168. Um, these are bipartisan bills. Um, and actually they're making sure that they're completely bipartisan. So there are, there are actually more, uh, members of Congress who support this than are listed as co-sponsors because they need to make sure that they have, um, an even amount of Democrats and Republicans on the bills. Um, the chairman of the um, House Small Business Committee is also um, a big proponent of this as well. Um, and so I, I hope that people don't lose faith in this because this has always been a long shot, but it's less of a long shot than it was when we started out in March. Um, and, you know, the house is the house is going to do what the house is going to do. Right. I think I think we kind of can't let ourselves get distracted by that um, because the end of your um, spending bill called the omnibus spending bill. There have been negotiations going on all year about how to fix Section 174. Um, the latest I read on this was that basically there has to be a trade on it because Effectively, because Republicans created this problem with the 2017 um, tax cuts bill, now it's seen as something that Republicans have to give Democrats something for in order to fix it. Now, 
we're looking at being being like, hey, small businesses are suffering. Can you do your, you know, your drama and your trading elsewhere? Because because we need this fixed right now. I hear you on that. I feel you on that. Um, but this is how it works. They need to have a deal on it. And it looks like, you know, according to Politico, that um, it would be on the child tax credit, extending those um, um, COVID era child um, tax credits. Um, but the problem is actually the 174 fix is not expensive enough. Um, and so Republicans have to come up with other things that they want to be part of that bill so that those things are even, um, which is a, kind of a little bit of a weird uh, way of thinking, but um, that's how it goes. Um, those conversations are still continuing. Um, they're not necessarily happening in the public, um, but, you know, you know, reading Politico and, you know, various newsletters about this. Um, it definitely is still happening. Um, and meanwhile, we have more clarity on what this means for our businesses. Um, the IRS issued more detailed guidance um, on the amortization of R&D um, in early September, actually just before the escort filing deadline, like four days beforehand, which was super great um, for my own filing and had to do this like massive 20 page spreadsheet for my accountant um and but they are apparently also going to be issuing further detailed guidance later this year because it is so unclear um how to implement this um of course you should be talking to a tax preparer um for guidance on on how you should have filed for this um i know many of you um if you have a c corp you, you probably just filed last week um so Pulling all of this together, um, I don't want you to lose hope. I think that we really have a chance. And and here's what's going to happen from now until the end of the year from our perspective. So this letter gets sent um, probably around early November. They need to, you know, go through all the signatures just like I did. Make sure that those are all legitimate companies and, and whatnot. Um, so sign it by uh, November 1st. Um, I actually just looked at the sign-up itself, and it says October 30th, but I imagine they're giving people kind of a couple of days to get a last couple signatures in. Um, so go and sign that. Basically, what we're doing by sending a formal letter like that is creating an asset that then those allies that we have in Congress, all of those co-sponsors of the original bills, so that's, that's almost 200 members who support this effort, um, they will physically carry that letter around with them to meetings, to hearings. They will insert it as testimony into um, hearings and or, or rather, you know, signers will insert it. It'll be talked about in hearings. Um, it will be discussed. It's, you know, we're hoping also to have more press around this as well. And I've been doing some work on that. Um which is why I've been asking people if you are willing to speak publicly about the impacts of these changes on your company, um, please let me know because um, I'm reaching out to reporters about this and um, several people from our group have already talked to reporters um, about this. Um, so I know a lot of people don't want to talk publicly though because you know if you're considering layoffs or not able to make investments, you may not want your employees or competitors or whatever to know that. Um, but if you are in a position where you want to speak publicly on this, um, please, please reach out to me.
So, but even if you're not willing to speak to reporters about this, after the letter is sent, we're going to need everybody to then send it to their members of Congress. So your representative and your senators. Um, because sending the letter is amazing. Having that out there is great. Um, but what really brings the impact in is also members receiving it personally um, from their constituents. Um, and so that is the next step of this to really build up a pressure campaign on this so that they understand that this is impacting businesses in their districts and in their states. Um, so this letter is the first step um, in that process. Um, December is going to come faster than we know it. Um, and again, I, I, I know there's, there's, there's just so much chaos in the House right now. Um, the Senate is still working. They're still, you know, they're still proceeding as normal. Um, those negotiations are still happening. Um, the House will do what the House is going to do. I have confidence they will figure something out hopefully this week. Um, and then we get back to having um, a functioning House. But I think we can't get distracted by that. We can only focus on what it is that we can actually do. And so signing this letter, sharing it with every business owner you know, um, and then following up with these, the final letter um, to your members of Congress is what we can do. Um, so I know that's a lot, um, but I, I'm confident we can do it. And if we continue to work together on this, continue to bring more people into the fold, um, we can make it clear to Congress that this really has to happen. This absolutely has to happen. Um, so if you have any questions about this, um, please let me know. Um, you can always reach me on Twitter or, um, you can email me, um, as well. Um, you just send it to ssballiance at mjwhanson.com if you have any questions. Um, and thank you, but go to ssballiance.org and sign that letter and I'll talk to you again soon. Huge thanks to all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show. Chris from Chipper CI, the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, and Mike from Gently Used Domains, who has a nice personality, Dave from Recut, Max of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andrade of Brightbits, Team Tuple, Alex Hillman from the Tiny MBA, Rami from Hovercode and Rocket Gems, Jane and Benedict from UserList, Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gomez of Signwell, Corey Haynes of Swipewell, Mike Wade of Crowd Sentry, Nate Ritter of Roomsteals, Anna Mast of SubscribeSense, Jeff Roberts from Outsetta, Justin Jackson, MegaMaker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder, Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh the Annoyingly Pragmatic Founder, Ben from ConsentKit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Nusi Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Callie of Toslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lana and Alex from Recapsi, Joe Mazzalotti of RailsDevs.com, Proud Mama from Applenet LLC, Anna from Cradle, Monsef from Ruby on Mac, Steve of Be Inclusive, Simon Bennett of Snapshooter Backups, Josh Smith of Keyhero.io, Jesper Christensen of Form Backend, Matthew of Works Cited, Chris of JetBoost.io, Daryl Shannon of Docomatic, 
Larabelle's, a community for Larabelle developers underrepresented due to their gender. Brendan from Feederloop, Pascal from Sharpen.Page, Lynn Romick from Convini, Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm, Jessica Malnick, Damian Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker, Eldon from Nodal Studios, Mitchell Davis from RecruitKit.